0: What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 70 of the Best Seats Podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality industry from right here in Orange County to the rest of Southern California and beyond with each and every episode. I'm your host, Crawford McCarthy, founder of the Best Seats. Thank you, as always, to my friend Allie Coyle, who provides music for the show. You can find more of her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com. And if you go back and listen to her episode, Uh, A couple episodes now here on the Besties Podcast. Uh, You can check out her on social media. She started to do some live shows for her new album release. Definitely, definitely be sure to check that out. She's a great human being, and this show would not sound as good without her music behind it. As a reminder, if you do enjoy the show, please be sure to leave a rating and or a review. It helps other folks discover it as well. Share it on social media. You can go to the com for more just like this. And do not forget, you can get early ad-free listening by going to patreon.com forward slash the best seats and signing up at a monthly amount that makes the most sense to you. This episode, um, we were off last week for Thanksgiving. I hope that you had a great Thanksgiving. If you celebrate it, um, if you're here in the States and listening, obviously 999999 percent of you are. I hope that you enjoyed. Um, whatever you did. I hope it was wonderful. Obviously those people, there was no new episode as I kind of wanted everybody to just focus spending time with family on the holidays. Um, And I didn't think it would be fair to a guest to release an episode during that week with everybody traveling and such. You know, I didn't want somebody's episode to get buried. So this one was exclusively over on Patreon that entire last week. So for those that do subscribe every month, I am so happy that you got to enjoy this one. And it is is a fun one because I am sitting down with Chef de Cuisine of Bello by Sandra Nardone, Zach Scherer. Now, I've had Bello, as far as the restaurant goes, on the show before uh, many, 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 many episodes back with a different chef at the time who has since moved on. And I wanted to get back and talk with Zach now that he's landed there because what they've done since bringing him in is pretty amazing. And they've launched their Chef's Table series. Now... If you have had your head in the sand or been living under a rock or just haven't been paying attention to kind of what's going on, this is very, very quickly becoming one of the most sought after reservations in all of Orange County. Um, Chef's tables are nothing new. There are several places that offer them at a very, very high quality. Uh, A playground is kind of the most famous of it around here with their 2.0 series. Uh, But this one should not be missed. Basically, what they're doing is they're keeping the ethos of what Bellow is as a restaurant and elevating it using Zach's talents and his team to really present some amazing, amazing, amazing meals. He's absolutely no slouch when he comes to the kitchen. He's got a hell of a resume everywhere he's been. He's been very, very talented. So much of the fact that I'm sure that everywhere misses him now that he's no longer there. What he's doing at Bellow is awesome. So he was very gracious to sit down. Um kind of in between service. Again, they're kind of running around getting prepped for dinner. They had a major dinner that night. So I apologize for some of the background noise, but you know how these episodes go when we're recording in the restaurant, you know, it's a restaurant, it's a business and real things are happening. So I want you to really sit and enjoy this one. We talk about a ton of different things, how he kind of translates these menus, what it is like kind of preparing them, the amount of work that goes into them, his mentality behind cooking. And it's a really, really fascinating one. He is a super talented chef, the chef's table over at Bellow is something that I'm incredibly grateful to have here in Orange County. It's a reservation that you absolutely need to check out. Trust me, and you can thank me later. But I don't want to hold back anymore. He's a hell of a guy, and this is a hell of an episode. Episode 70 of the Best Seats Podcast featuring Zach Share. Enjoy. Zach, thank you for taking the time to sit down, man. Uh, Mid-service, obviously, you guys got a busy one tonight with the Bottle Logic Dinner on the day that we're recording this and and a lot of other stuff that you're uh, no doubt preparing for. For people that are listening, though, they may not be familiar with you or your background. Would you mind introducing yourself and describing kind of how you got here to Bellow?
1: Sure. I'm the the chef de cuisine here. I do a lot of our special events, any of our kind of like creative movement stuff. So... Uh, I actually started, got involved with these guys because I used to work at a restaurant called Playground over in Santa Ana. So one of the uh, one of the owners kind of hit me up and referenced me here when I became available because of that, because he was such a kind of avid fan back then. And then I I, I ended up leaving a job during COVID and they kind of had an opening and it kind of just fell into place. So since then, we've just been kind of just striving to make the best modern Italian food we can. And Really, do what we believe in without, like, you know, and sometimes it's a big shot in the foot because, you know, you can be a bunch of dum dums. But uh, uh, it's sort of been working out, I guess.
0: Well, I was going to say the past couple episodes, depending on what order mm-hmm. people are listening to these in, I've gone back and revisited some restaurants that I'd interviewed the chefs at in the past. This is the first time that I've gone back to a restaurant, but it's different culinary team kind of behind it. Yeah. I talked to some of the team here uh, prior. Some of those guys have now moved on. Obviously, Sandra was still here. But you guys have come kinda of come in and not that the restaurant needed it, but kinda of post reopenings and things like that, you guys have really breathed a whole new life into Bella with the chef stables and kind of these private dinners that you've been doing. Yeah,
1: I mean that's been the whole thing is like we Sandra's great cause we get a lot of um We have a lot of agency to do what we believe in, and that's kind of, that's what, one of the reasons, one of the things I said when I even got hired here, just like, let me do my thing, and like, I've never really worked anywhere besides Playground, where I had like, full carb launch, so, yeah, we're just making stuff we like, and then that's what people say, like, people are like, I get, you know, hit up on Chef's Table, and people are pretty stoked on what, like, the progression, and doing like, a fully progressive menu, and something that's like really farm focused. And I'm like, I'm just doing what I feel like we need to do. Like, there's no like ulterior, like, Oh, I'm some big artist. I'm just like, you know, this is what I believe in food wise. So we make it,
0: you know, and it's, you, you 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 guys are, and again, we're kind of jumping right into it, which I like you guys. And I would argue this are probably one of the best chef's tables Next to Playground. I know 2.0 recently got back open. They brought in some new heads over there. Obviously, you know, former chef over at Portion Swing has jumped over there. And Justin's back, yeah. And but you guys have been, just been cruising. Where did, I mean, this was always a good restaurant. I've always stood by Bello. I've always been a big supporter of it and the food here. But to do something like the chef's table, what was the catalyst? To uh, get you, guys to launch you know,
1: that? it's kind of like I've kicked around the idea of what i call like zach's art project as i don't call him, as i just said i'm not just this big artist and i want to flex but i kicked around this idea for like even since playground days of like zach's art project of like you know what would it look like if i just made what i wanted to make yeah and like that's what we did and we have these six seats that are we have a chef's counter and that are six seats and during the pandemic we kind of weren't really seating inside and then we did and those seats were kind of uh underutilized so I said you know we have these space let's fucking do it like I'll just buy I went and bought like a $150 prep table and that's what the investment was to get this started like I just started doing it and just reaching out to people I know who like the food that I've made and I kind of just went for it and it's kind of become like a. it's a great thing and I have a lot of fun doing it but it also becomes like this big force in your life that like now I spend, like, uh, about 30-ish to 40 hours a week just worrying about that concept yeah. while doing Bello. So it's, like,
0: my, how you, uh... How do you balance the two? Because, again, uh, it, everything idiot. that goes into Bellow, this is no small animal. I mean, all the fresh uh, pasta, you know, fresh dough. I mean,
1: Sandro's great at kind of helping with the, the baseline Bellow stuff and, like, kind of giving me, you know, the Italian insight. But I, uh... Really, it's just, I'm a, I'm a fucking idiot. I don't know. I work a lot, and I, uh... <laughs> I'll like, I'm, I I'm was laughing because, like, you mentioned, like, Blue's Face or Drew, but there'll be times at, like, 2 a.m. I'm sending him dishes and, like, being like, hey, what do you think I'm doing this? So it's, like, I guess it just doesn't stop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, even though I may not be working or, like, physically, like, you know, inside the building, my mind's kind of turning about what we need to be doing, where we need to be going, how we need to be kind of culinarily relevant. Because, like, you know, there is a bunch of great restaurants in Orange County right now. You have, you know, Talk Maria Playground, all these you know, knife cleat now and all these places are getting a lot of recognition but i'm not even looking at them that makes any sense mm-hmm. like i kind of keep my my view global and i say like okay well if they're doing this in rotterdam which is you know yeah. thousands of miles away like you know but it's like okay they can do this let's let's see how we can do it with what we have or if this can influence us and kind of because that's who i want chef's table's competitors to be. Yeah. not just people that are down the street but people want it to be more so that's how we're operating with it which
0: is so we're, we're recording this on november 10th yeah. when did you officially join bellow uh
1: october last year so october 20 2000 maybe september i don't fucking know i went to i think it was september because i just got back from joshua tree and, I, uh, yeah, we just kind of hit the ground running. But, it, yeah, we went through, like, all these closures and all this stuff and we like, yeah. trying to do a to-go program and doing that and, like, trying to make, like, all these. So, like, that was my whole thing. It was just trying to figure out with um, everybody how to keep us, you know, solvent. So yeah. that's where, like, the special, even our weekly special, editors like, the beer dinner you said we're doing tonight. That's where that all came from. It's like, okay, well, you know, we can do outdoor dining. How do we get people to come do something? And we found that, like, okay – you know, anybody can eat, I mean, especially during COVID, like food's food. Like I can order, I can order great food to my house. I can order shitty food to my house, but it's still food. You know, when you go to a restaurant, it's more dining. And we were trying to f- capture that dining experience and capture something that's special that you can't do at your house and kind of offer that for the people. Yeah. So that's, that's been kind of my mindset even coming out of COVID is like why I think Chef's Table, even though it's, you know, it carries kind of a hefty price tag, why it's valuable is because it's, it's more. It's like it's a show, you know. Yeah, you, yeah, You yeah. go to like a Broadway show or like a Metallica concert. You know, you're not going there because you want to see it or hear the songs. Like I can fucking listen to Metallica in my car. You know what I'm saying? Like you're you gonna go get there, an experience. Yeah, it. you go yeah. there to see them and be a part of the scene and like do all that. And that's that's more how I want it. How I look at the way we kind of do food, you know, than just like it being like, oh yeah, I ate it. It's good,
0: you yeah. know, like. I know. I think it was Fred Moran from Joe Beef one time who said that you know food, it's oh, it's fancy and everything yeah. else, but really at the end of the day, it's just feces and waiting. Yeah, so.
1: yeah exactly. I mean, well, kind of. I mean, yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> it's you know, it's crass, crass my, way to put it. My my, my wife uh, said it very eloquently. It's like you know, there's there's a difference. She works in fashion, but there's a difference between like clothing and fashion. You know, putting something on that's, your body. That's is a, different. Yeah, That's a much more polite yeah. way to put yeah. it. Yeah, putting I something like on your body is a little, you know, it's you can put on, but like being. You know, making a statement or making something emotionally is much a much different and difficult thing. So,
0: well, for somebody that says that they're working a lot and just has a drive to work, it should be noted that you guys are not just doing regular service. And again, we're recording this, yeah. you know, in between kind of lunch and dinner a little bit at the restaurant. It's not just the chef's table. I mean, you guys do a lot of events.
1: Yeah, we but, do. A, I mean, we're kind of we're doing it. Like, I want to say we're doing it only because like we have a drive to do it, but we kind of there's a financial motivator behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's. uh, you know we just started doing them every week and we offer a completely new menu every single week of something you know and it's like uh it was a way to kind of keep ourselves in the black through COVID and also comes down to just keeping interest I mean it's staying relevant in the restaurant industry is like a continually harder thing to do yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) you know so it gives us at least a marketing point and it also it's fun like there's like next, I think, week, I'm doing a, a South American wine with Peter Neptune. So we're doing like modern Italian food through a South or modern. I don't know. It's like South American food through a modern Italian lens.
0: Well, I mean, for people that aren't familiar with Bello, it, it hasn't been open too long. COVID kind of put a weird time kind of ca- yeah. every put everybody in a time capsule. But it kind of, it, it, Bello was one of those restaurants that based on when it opened, et cetera. It kind of put yeah, it in, two in a weird months spot.
1: Before, two months before COVID, Bello yeah. opened, basically.
0: It, it's an Italian restaurant, but it's not at the same time. Well, it's, it's,
1: you know, when you think Italian, like a lot of like, especially in SoCal and on the West Coast, you see it a little less on the East Coast, but like we think like red sauce Italian or just yeah. or American Italian, which is like, you know, I got like meatballs and spaghetti and shit and yeah. like there I will be like a chicken parm manicotti, yeah. chicken parm, which are, these are all tasty things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um. But what we are going for is like, when we say modern Italian, it's like a restaurant like you would find in Italy, is the hope. Like you have these places like, you know, Bro's or uh, Riale, which are really high end, but there are these smaller Osterias, which are like one Michelin to Bib Gourmand level. in Italy that just like, they have this Italian approach, but it's not like, hey, let's put tomato sauce on yeah, 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 And it's like ingredients forward. It's more, um, I guess, more reverent towards the ingredients and towards what we're doing. And Then, uh, and it's all, yeah, it's, a, it's just a way to approach the food rather than just being like, hey, you know, let's fucking bake it with some red sauce. And it's <laughs> <you know. laughs>
0: and not everything is non appears yeah. red sauce, which yeah. is fantastic as no, it it's, is. It's nice to have an evolution. No, it's great, it.
1: but it's, but that's a whole culture. I mean, that's, we can talk like cultural, or culinary anthropology, but that's like, you know, a lot of the reasons why even American Italian food existed is because you had these immigrants come in who couldn't get. Yeah, stuff. So they were like trying to recreate with with what they could get, and you know,
0: adapted the local palettes. Yeah, and also and
1: they did it during a lot of times with like during like the canning phase. Yep. So it's like everything's based around canned tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and like and then the other thing that I think Sandra always says is, is a shit ton of garlic in American Italian food because the ingredients weren't as good so they're like well we'll just add some garlic and you know I'll flavor it up yeah just or cover it up I guess but it's a
0: how do you keep the kind of the ethos of Bellows Kitchen and, and kind of that modern Italian style into your chef's tables when you guys are preparing a new uh, menu how do you, you go about it you know
1: it? chef's table is a weird one because it is like very personal so it kind of I have like this weird I call it like California Nordic approach to what I do which is I am a fucking weirdo for saying even saying that but like I, but it's a reverence of ingredients. So I'm saying, like, when you think of Italian food, it's more like, okay, like I have a roasted steak and I have roasted peppers. That's yep. my steak dish. That's it. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, but the steak frame came from my local butcher. And then I got the roasted peppers down the road from my friend who grows these peppers. And he's the only one who has, and that's like the Italian way. So what I do with Chef's Stable is like, you know, we go to Santa Monica Farmers Market on Wednesdays and then um, down to Chino Farms down in San Diego. I'm actually going tomorrow, so usually Thursdays or Fridays, and we grab kind of what's in season, and it ends up being like what I want Chef's Table to be is a slice of like right now. Mm-hmm. So you have like, you know, you have what's available in the market, and that's it. That's what's on your menu. There's no, I'm not bringing in like, oh, you know, it's in the middle of winter, let's serve some tomatoes. No, yeah, we're gonna say this is what, you know, November. But we have one on the uh, on Friday. This is what November 12th looks like. Like, and that's it. And then November 13th will probably be the same. But even the next week, I'll go down and I'll be like, well, shit, I can't. Something's like, changed. change. Something yeah, is out I had of a season. Something's coming. Uh, I had like a weird uni and uh, eggplant and, and tomatillo dish on for a little bit. And I went down to the farm They're like, oh, yeah, we're gapping. We do have tomatillos. Sorry. And I'm like, well, fuck. So it's like sometimes you get down there and you're like, OK, well, how am I going to what am I going to do? yeah so and that that kind of some of the dishes are born of that and some of them are like heavily planned out to where i'm like okay well you know i want to do this i've been inspired by this i want to mess with xyz ingredient and kind of move through it and it it evolves i guess yeah 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 um towards the end we just started what i'm calling like chef's table fall towards the end of chef's table summer i was like changing the menu every week like just because i was like "Ah, i'm bored like i'm gonna change like i'm gonna do a new 12 course menu every week and uh I've tried to be a little tamer through fall just to keep people, give them all a semi-similar experience and also, like, not destroy myself because I'll...
0: <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, Pumping out new... Me- I mean, it's one thing to change your menu seasonally. It's another thing to change your menu, you know, borderline daily.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's all, like I said, it, since this is an extension of me, that's where my brain goes is to be like, okay, well, I'm... I'm bored of this and or I don't think it's as good as it could be. So how can I change it? Yeah. How can I make better? You
0: mentioned fun? the Nordic aspect. I mean, Nordic cooking, obviously, you know, you have people like Magnus and, and yep. some of those other very famous people in that area. There's a lot of preservation about seasonality and understanding what's going to be available, what's not. Yep. You obviously jump in kind of the fermentation, yep. you know, category and things like that. You mentioned Nordic. What does that bring kind of to it in your mind?
1: So, when I think Nordic, too, I think restrained. Yeah. So, it's instead of, you know, it's about editing and kind of making sure that a dish has just, some, just what it needs on it to make it like to make the idea make sense. Sometimes, like, especially with like American chefs, you'll see like five to 12 things on a plate. And I'm like, well, you know, it's not really needed. Like, one of the more um, successful dishes we did for a little bit was uh, Badger Flame Beets, which was a really cool. Beet variety from Chino Farms. They've been uh, they've been bred to remove some of the tinniness that beets have, and they're able to be eaten raw. So we did raw badger-flamed beet juice with marinated badger flame beets and uh, caviar, and it was two things on the plate.
0: That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah.
1: But you get this like really cool uh, deep vegetal sweetness that goes with the saltiness of the caviar. And we actually turned the juice into a little bit of a foam. So it kind of lightened it and stretched it out. And then the crispy uh, raw beets on the bottom to go with it. And it, you know, ended up, but it's, you know, that's, that's something that I think is like really reflective, especially during like early summer. Um, really reflective that ethos of like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Hey, let's not do too much. Yeah. Let's let these good ingredients be good ingredients and let's, kind of treat them as they need to be treated to make sure that our idea is understood.
0: Yeah, that all makes sense. Is there any worry ever with the chef's table being so, and I don't mean this in a negative way, it's just the the kind of first word that came to mind, erratic, if you will, in kind of the menu prep versus Bellows everyday menu. Is there any worry that it's kind of creating two restaurants in one space?
1: Uh, I mean, it sort of is. I mean, it's something I've actually thought about is like, well, what do I need to do and it it kind of is. And that's that's one of my daily battles is like, okay, well, how do I, you know, Bello makes some bitchin' pastas. It has great pizzas. I mean, we have a bunch of fun appetizer, uh, appetizers and also entrees. Like, the menu's great, but it's yeah. not quite as adventurous as, like, you would say you get from Chef's Table. So you have, like, these two dualities. And I always am like, well, how do I get one to match the other or do they have to match the other? Is it can one be different, can one be a little more inspired and one be a little more, you know, kind of true to some, and we have some classics on the menu and yeah. all that. Fuck, uh, it, right now it kind of is. And it's kind of like, it's, it's
0: yeah. almost like a 2.0 yeah. of it, 2.0. Yeah, so it, it
1: is and it's like a, it, it, yeah, it's its own thing, which is cool and also weird because it makes, you know, I'm a bit the first person to say that like a restaurant should be like, the concept of a restaurant should be easily digestible it shouldn't have to be like six paragraphs explaining. well we do this and this and that and then like on the th- weekends we do like i fucking hate restaurants that are like yeah we're like modern modern indian but then we have like a french twist and then we do like uh pizzas too i'm like yo dude like it should be like one we are modern italian we are It should be yeah but that being said i mean it, they're both modern italian you know what i'm saying like because chef's table is inspired by places like you know i keep selling it like reale or like piazza duomo mm-hmm. or or uh, Bros where these are the like these modern Italian like powerhouses of fine dining, but then you kind of have your Osteria and also like, to be fair, I can't open a chef's table restaurant. Like I can't, I I don't know if, like I would love to pretend like I would get, you know, 30 people a knife to come eat a tasting menu. But even if you look at Night Fleet, those guys have been chugging along for three or four years now and they're just kind of getting.
0: Just kind of getting that recognition, (laughs) just getting there, yeah. So it's like in Orange County. Not for lack of effort. It's a beautiful and fantastic restaurant.
1: But in Orange County, it's tough, man. Like, there's just not a demand. I mean, there maybe there's a demand, but it shit ain't cheap. You know what I'm saying? It's a $250 meal. I don't don't think you're wrong at all.
0: Um, You know, Bello is situated, you know, it's what, a mile north of Fashion Island, mile south, whatever you want to call it. I mean, this this is a very socioeconomically comfortable zip code. Yeah. So, but you do with that, you do get people that come in and they know what they want and they know what they don't Definitely. want, and they will let you know about that for better or for worse. How do you kind of handle those with the chef's table? Are you well, presenting I mean, those many times? So, ahead of time? for a long
1: time, I wasn't, uh, so I was actually only booking chef's table myself. So, I was handing out my card, you had to email me, and I was doing it. I was doing a screen. You can't just call up Bella and be like, oh, I'd like to come to the chef's table next So you had friend. much
0: more autonomy over it. So
1: I had, I mean, I still sort of do. Like I have uh, now we're doing it on talk, which is, you know, you can buy it. Yep. And I have a questionnaire. And I also, after people have bought tickets, I actually reach out to them just to make sure that they're kind of down for the game. Cause I did have, you know, I have some regulars that come in mm, weekly that are, yeah you know, they come in and you know, they get a Pomodoro and a Caesar. Mm-hmm. or like our version of a Caesar or whatever. And they are like, Oh, we got to come do chef's table. I'm like, you know, man, like I would love to have you, but I don't think you'll like it. Like, yeah. I just
0: don't it's like, you know, I, I love, I love to fly in an airplane, but yeah. I don't know if I want to jump out of one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But also it's like, you know, it may not be for you. And that's, that's fine. Like it's, yeah. I, I'm a big believer in not everything's for everybody. You know, I, I'm not wearing a suit right now because I like suits, but you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I, it's, it's okay to have things you like You're it's okay to have taste, And I'm a big supporter of that. And this, it's not a, it's not a, a thing for everybody. And I don't want it to be, because yeah. I think if it, if you start to do that, like, um, Without talking a bunch of trash on modern French food, you kind of end up being like a, you know, French two or three star restaurant in France where it's like you eat the same fucking menu everywhere you go. You're like, Mm -hmm. okay, I have my eggs and caviar, course, I have like foie gras with sauternes, I'm going to have duck with some sort of like, you know, savory, sweet element, and then I'll have like XYZ pastries that are always there. And that's great. It's very tasty, but it's like... It's not very expressive and it's not very um,
0: it's not provocative. Yeah. It it doesn't like, it's not going to poke you. It's not going to scare no, you I, I, in a good way.
1: That's that's what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be kind of innovative and fun. I mean, I come from a semi-musical background, so I have that same that same idea about food where it's like, you know, there's, you know, pops pop for a reason, man. There's mm-hmm. a reason why Katy Perry has sold more records than, you know, most of the, you know, I, I love like my, my, my emo screamo bands than like brand new or or some guys like that. There's a reason why she has because she's manufactured to make fucking better sounding music. Yeah. But, you know, I don't It's more easily It's more easily yeah. palatable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then, you know, that food has its place and I'm, I'm into it. And I eat that shit too because I'm like, you know, I'm on a, I, uh, I made it, I like went to Del Taco the other night and somebody's like, what are you going to have for this? And I'm like, oh, Del Taco. And they're like, wait, you can eat that after making this food? I'm like, one, it's fucking <laughs> 11 o'clock. And two... Yeah, Del Taco's good. There's a reason why there's like a hundred of them. You know what I'm saying? They don't, you know, it's not because they suck and people just keep falling into their trap. It's because it tastes good when yeah, you... For I better, mean, for better, <laughs> for... Yeah, you know, yeah I company. mean, I'm not saying it's like, hey, let's see the best food we can eat is Del Taco, bro. It's not going to be a Del Taco <laughs> chef's table. No, no, basically, no, fuck yeah. no. But it's, uh, you know, you know, bang for your buck, should taste good. Yeah, so...
0: You, you mentioned kind of early on when we first started how you got to Bello, but I, I want to ask more kind of a personal question, and this is not a knock against a restaurant. I'm more curious course. in your story why bellow it's newer it's not in one of those i mean again fashion island is right up the road so it's it's kind of outside of some of the areas and it's outside of some of the traditional kind of you know laguna beach santa Ana. yeah i mean i find restaurants i
1: had an in here and i just i was kind of sold on a bill of goods of being able to just like even with the normal menu just kind of being able to have a lot more freedom with what i'd want to do and have a lot more control of the creative like direction Mm -hmm. which is um you know, when you, you don't usually get that. And it's, I, have come from places where I was paid pretty well and I, uh, didn't have that, but being paid well, you're like, ah, I like money. But like, as you come down to it as a chef, you're like, man, like if I only got to make this choice, I think we can make a bit more of a difference. Or I think, yeah. involved, and you know, you bought heads with owners. So here, like I had full ownership support to do what I wanted to do. And that's not like saying I'm going to be putting, you know, jellyfish and peanut butter on the menu or something like that, but it's more of the, uh they believed in who I was as a chef and they, Renee (laughs) Redzepi, PB and J. Yeah. 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 They believed who I was as a chef. So they were like, okay, well, you know, just do what you want to do. And you know, I, I, it's a team that I've worked well with. So that's, as I grow up, that's something that's more important to me than just like all the other stuff. But yeah, it's tough. I mean, and this is where we are. I don't know. I'm, you don't get to choose sometimes. Like there are ideal situations and there are non-ideal situations. And this is, you know something that like yeah where we are kind of is an armpit honestly in newport beach don't don't tell anybody that but uh oh fuck it, it no. Totally <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh no i mean but we we are in a weird no,
0: location. you're not wrong it's a yeah. weird location for yeah. anybody that hasn't been yeah. here it's kind of a one-off it's like yeah. right off a of bison, right yeah. off the highway exits yeah. like this little shopping center like next to a yoga studio mean, and a weirdly laid out yeah gas but station.
1: if you think about it too you like so fucking twamek yeah. I mean, Twomek is in some weird-ass strip mall. Now Petit Tois right next to it, but it was yeah. in some weird-ass strip mall on Highland where it's like, you know, literally like, yo, like people sell drugs in the parking lot. You know, so it's... I can't remember if it's
0: either... And I'm going to get survivor this i can't remember if it's either bestia or bevel but one of them you're literally just in like downtown and just poof there it is like, it just uh
1: is maybe that's bevel. Bestia's is in like artist arts district and like a warehouse the warehouse yeah district. yeah i think that's yeah. what it is. but you're literally taking yeah. a turn you're
0: like oh rough neighbor and then yeah yeah bam, you, you there drive through so. skid
1: row if you take out if you get off uh the 10 you drive through skid row to get yep. there so um yeah it's not i mean i don't know especially with digital marketing and everything, like location isn't quite as, I mean, it does play a big factor. If we had Bello on the beach, would be like the fucking busiest restaurant in Orange County. But at the same time, now we get to kind of curate who's coming here. Yeah, You know, we get to put a message out. We get to have people kind of buy into our message and we get to see who comes here because of that, which is, you know, sort of a, uh, it's a nice thing in a way. I mean, obviously you want to be busy every single day and we are getting busier and busier, but to be able to do that is kind of, it brings you the people you want in the beginning and that's kind of who your base customer base is rather than just saying like, Hey, like I'm, you know, I'm on this pop and intersection and I mm-hmm. hope people come in and like what I do, which can sometimes be disheartening. Cause you end up with people that are like, "Ah, oh, where's, where's the fucking French fries? And you're like, yo, we don't have, like we're an Italian <laughs> restaurant.
0: Well, it's time for a little commercial. Yeah. If you listen to the best seats at all, or read the content, then you know the motto, live well and often. But what does it mean? In layman's terms, it's trying to give you the best products, places, experiences, and more, so you can put a big smile on your face every single day. Amass Botanics is what I use on my back bar constantly if I need a cocktail or a quick pick-me-up. Any of their other botanical products, like candles, hand sanitizer, and more, also helps to set the mood. Now, I'm a big fan of everything that Amass does. I have been since day one when they launched their trademark gin, and everything they've done since then has been nothing short of excellent. Now you can get your hands on their products at a discounted rate by going to amass.com and using the discount code, thebestseats15, that's C-E-A-T-S, at checkout. Now, it's limited one per customer, so make sure you load up. But trust me, you can't go wrong with anything they're doing. I stand by Amass 100%. They're one of my go-to brands for spirits needs or anything around the house. So again, go to Amass.com, that's A-M-A-S-S, and use the code THEBESTSEATS15 at checkout. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. I don't know about you, but 2020 had me re-looking at how I live and the space that I live in, spending so much time at home really had me reevaluating how certain things worked and didn't in my living space. One of the main things, as an avid home cook and an obvious supporter of restaurants, was gardening. Anybody who enjoys food at all will be able to tell you that something you've grown yourself will taste infinitely better than anything you can buy at a store. That's where Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potager comes in. Heirloom Potager designs, installs, and maintains seasonal culinary gardens for chefs and foodies in Orange County. They provide organic gardening methods and bespoke build-outs used to preserve the heirloom varietals that they'll provide for seeds. An approachable and exciting endeavor, no matter if you're a seasoned restaurateur or a stay-at-home chef, owner Ashley Irene's experience, expertise, and enthusiasm is only matched by her professionalism. For more information on how you can set up a consultation to get your own culinary garden space set up, go to heirloompotage.com. That's heirloom, A-G-I-R-L-O-O-M, Potage, p-o-t. A-G-E-R.com today. Once again, that's heirloompotage.com. Well, even speaking to that, even though this is not kind of your classic, yeah. you know, East Coast and more so yeah. West Coast, you write about that kind of red sauce, you know, yeah. gravy on top of everything place. With Italian restaurants, there is inherently a admiration and a love for consistency, a consistent yeah. dish, a pasta dish or something. Is there any kind of pushback or any kind of negative feedback that you've seen kind of coming in Uh, and and kind of flexing the creative muscle uh,
1: i mean because we do have some of that stuff like we have a few like we have a you know a a pomodoro that's been the pomodoro forever that's you know three different types of tomatoes um kind of i don't know i mean there's what we get more than anything is people saying oh you should have blah 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 on your menu yeah that's not very good but thank you um but like i guess cuz i put a i put like a more alba influenced bolognese on the menu so it's white and it doesn't have any tomatoes yep and that's probably the dish that gets it's fucking delicious but it gets probably the most complaints cuz people think bolognese they think like bombs meat sauce yeah 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 and it's like even if you were to have like real bolognese it doesn't it's not tomatoey it just has enough tomato to provide like a base amount of acid but yeah, that's about it. I probably get like I think I've, we get like four or five old people calling us a month, telling us you know
0: like this yeah. or they
1: get it to go and they get it to go and they go oh, it's you know? different. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's different. I'm like yo, is it good though? I and don't I, like change. Yeah. yeah. But it tastes great. And that's the funniest thing. Is like people want to complain about stuff. And I'm like, well, how does it taste? Well, it's good. And so well, then what the fuck's the problem? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, well, I, and it's, you know, sometimes it's like pushback for pushback. And that's, I mean, that's the biggest problem with a lot of kind of traditional food is like Um, I was watching something last night and it was quoted, but like somebody made like shitty angel food cake. But Mm -hmm. angel food cake is something that we all understand. We all know what it is and we all have a perception of it. So if somebody presents it to you differently, you're going to be like, yo dog, this is not good. So yeah, Italian food, I think has that in America for sure. Cause there's known for like eight fucking dishes. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, but we. I can hear all of my yeah, atten- like like all yeah. my
0: Italian friends in the East Coast just rage pitchforks and fire. Yeah. And I can hear them doing it when they hear that. But what, it's I mean, true.
1: I mean, no, <laughs> I'm saying in here in, in Orange County for sure. That's, oh yeah, yeah. I'm not, I mean, not saying you know in, in by and large Italian, but that's they you know there's eight things that I think every you know normal ass white person thinks that an Italian. Restaurant no, you could give average, somebody yeah. a
0: lotto ticket yeah. of pick your average Italian yeah. restaurant, and everybody would win. You yeah. you could guarantee what dishes yeah. were on there.
1: So. um yeah, we, we kinda I mean we did that. We did like veal say for a while, then we moved it off then we now have Osobuco, but our Osobuco has like porcini and it's it has a porcini broth which is pretty pretty darn tasty. But um we'll do it and like sometimes I'll uh if I'm resistant I'll do like a classic in my own through my own lens, which sometimes I'm being ironic, sometimes I'm being clever. I don't think anybody notices but me, but I'll like, you know, be resistant to it. Then I'll do it and I'll like pat myself on the back. Like, yeah, I fucking got him. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> Rebel man. Yeah,
1: I showed them, but even, the, yeah, I'm, like I said. I'm Sandro obviously
0: has a, a wealth of knowledge, experience, yeah. and a lot of talent that he brings to the table. I, I personally have never had a bad dish here even prior to you know yeah. your arrival other culinary teams it, I, I've always had great stuff what's your I mean obviously he brings a lot of knowledge to the table and it's easy enough nowadays with all the knowledge out there to learn something or find somebody who knows it and kind of learn from them but yep. what's your, what's your experience with Italian food speaking as a whole and, uh, and not kind of you know
1: honestly until I worked in this restaurant zero I had never cooked at a proper Italian restaurant um, I kind of came in and I I know that I make food that tastes good so that's like step one. And two, that I kind of just learned the ethos from Sandra, which he was really helpful in kind of teaching me. And the, the ph- I like to learn whenever I work in like a new restaurant or try to learn a new cuisine, you kind of try to learn the philosophy of the cuisine. Yeah. And the philosophy of the cuisine is, you know, like once you understand the philosophy of something, you can really go in whatever direction you want. The why, as I call it, you know, and I've. I try to preach that even to my guys it's like okay we know okay when you follow we why the fuck do you do this why do you why do you put this in it why and when you can start to control the why is when you kind of can really understand the direction you can take food and so i learned from sandro and then like all i did is read i mean the first three months i worked here four months i worked here i literally like stalked nico ramido um and all these other like kind of notable italian chefs from like some, like mid to Southern Italy because mm-hmm. like that's really where, I mean, honestly that's where most of our food comes from here. Yeah. Yeah. Southern yeah. Italy. Um, and followed these guys and just kind of picked their, picked over their brain about like what, what they're doing, you know, why, why they're doing it this way, why they're doing it that way. Like, and like get their mindset. I mean, I keep, I'll say Nico Romito again, but that guy is fucking, he's a genius because he does, he does some really cool stuff, but he also explains it. And he explains that mindset and the reason, like he has this uh, cauliflower dish that he's known for at, at Riale, which is his three Michelin starting in Brutto, Um, where he like ferments it and he lacto-ferments a cauliflower from two weeks and he takes the stock, makes it into milk, glazes the lacto-fermented one, roasts it, and it's like this essence of cauliflower dish. But it's like so fucking Italian because it's like, oh, it's cauliflower. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not <laughs> like he's throwing, you know, it's just one thing and he's like, okay, like there's a reason why I like a lot of Italian dishes. Like, you get a steak in an Italian restaurant. It doesn't come with fucking Demogloss or board yeah. plates Because they're like, yo, I want this. It's about meat. You want meat to taste good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You want blah, blah, blah to taste good. And that's, that's kind of the ethos. So I learned that through Sandro. And then kind of like on the job. Like I was laughable, like hilarious watching me make a pizza, my first probably 3 or 4 months here cuz I like bad, yeah. I come I come from like a pretty strong background in like f- finer dining in the area in Southern California and then like I'm sitting here making Neapolitan style pizza and I don't think for the first 2 months I made a pizza that was circular like at all just cuz it was it's a <laughs> it's a bitch, dude. Like we use like 70% hydrated dough and it's basically like snot. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, getting
0: those things into a circle or yeah. at least a shape that resembles a circle. And then, like, and,
1: task. and then like actually having like a crust and like all this other stuff. So, um, yeah, man, it was a learning curve. That's really it. I, But I don't like to lose as a person and I don't like to do a bad job. So I would uh, for a while, like I said, the pizzas are a funny example. But I would uh, come in and I would be the guy like, I'm fucking making that pizza. Like yeah. everybody else would be like, no, I'm like, no, I'll do it. And then I did that for months until now I make some great-looking, like, stuff that I'm really proud of. But it's uh, it took time and also just drive because I wanted to be able to do it. So it's, like, it's funny because I kind of have this, like, now Italian stamp on me where I have, like, that ethos where I... The way I look at ingredients and the way I look at food and the way I look at things is very Italian-inspired, which I appreciate because it's a, it's a type of, like, uh, I don't know, philosophy that's kind of lost in America because we tend to like put yummy on top of everything, which yummy's great. But like all of our like American favorites usually have like a bunch of fucking sugar, like, Oh, we're going to cover in graveyard, blah, 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 yep. blah which shit's good. Yeah. But it also like you are hiding things. And you're not letting something being good, and you're not celebrating the product, and you're yeah. not letting the product speak for itself. Oh, so a lot it's of like, our
0: food is like Instagram. It's just all got a filter on yeah, it. Yeah,
1: it's it's fucking good. I mean, it's good. That's the thing is like like chicken. Like let's say chicken fried steak. Chicken fried steak fucking great. God, I love chicken fried steak. <laughs> <a> steak. <laughs> I if, know. If you would sit here and say that chicken fried steak a great steak dish, you're high the, out of your yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where like where I would say like the big divergence of Italian and American food is like, okay, well the Italian food is like, yo, we put salt and maybe some fennel pollen on the steak and here it is. And we put good olive oil over it. That's it. That's all we yeah, did. Keep it easy. Yeah, and it's but it's more about the quality of the meat and the animal and like how you source it and all that, rather than being like, yo, this steak sucks, so I'm gonna bread it, fry it, cover it in gravy. <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> After it, I hit it with a hammer angrily. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, it's about many it's more about manipulation. So it's uh yeah, man. Short, long, long answer to a short question is like, just kind of push myself to learn and really, I guess, worked my butt off towards it. I think, I don't know. I never look at it like that. Like people will be like, oh, you're so driven and you work hard. I'm like, yeah, this is what everybody else does, you know? like. Well, I mean, yeah.
0: to that point, you've been here just yeah. over a year. Again, we're recording this on November 10th, depending yeah. on what somebody's listening to it. it. could have been a l- little longer. Yeah. What does the future hold for it? I mean I can only imagine the chef tables are just gaining more and more yeah. popularity.
1: yeah, I'm booked mostly through December or into de, into December right now I'm trying to start filling up December um yeah, I don't know is the answer We're just going to keep getting busier I mean we have a goal of where we'd like bellow to be business wise so we're growing towards that and that's the the monetary answer but I don't know, like, cause chef's table right now, I do it Friday, Saturday, um, some Thursdays and some Sundays, and I'm thinking of opening it up more. And then eventually I'm going to may have more demand
0: than I have seats. I was going to say, at yeah. what point does your ability? Yeah.
1: Well, I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh, there's nothing noble
0: about question. dying on the line. That's a funny else. question.
1: Cause I, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I've done, like, uh, my plan, so the the grand plan with Chef's Table is maybe to grow it so it takes up actually parts of our dining room and then having a Chef's Staff staff with me that serves. And instead of having a waiter, it's us. And then, like, we will, you know, take care of your table, pour your wine, all that. And kind of a little more of a Noma, you, you said Noma earlier, but, like, a little bit more of a Noma style Yeah, where we're kind of, we're taking care of you, we know the knowledge about the food, we tell you the story, we're kind of doing all that. But I don't know when that is. I mean, I have Drew Drew working with me now. Andrew Adams is a fantastic uh, cook and chef and he he's like halfway helps Bellow, halfway helps the chef's table is kind of his, his role here. And he he's kind of, I'm training him to do that so that we can do like maybe two or three at once where we have like a the counter and then a six top and a six top when I'm pouring lines and talking and he's cooking and or vice versa and it's, I don't know man it's maybe it's something cool that can grow but we just our whole our whole one of our big ethos here at Bello is kind of everything's an experiment you know what I'm saying like yep in the whole like business world you experiment you try to do things and you either see what works and what doesn't and when it works you keep doing it when it doesn't work you just say okay well I learned something and you move on and that's kind of how we approach it we're not like we don't have a grand plan i don't have anything written out but it's more just Pushing in a direction we want it to go. And hopefully people kind of respond to it.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, the future is definitely, yeah. definitely yeah. exciting here. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, I, I don't want to take up too, too much more Thank of your time. Too. Like I mentioned, you guys got the bottle logic yeah. dinner tonight. Um, that's going to be a big one. Oh. And you know, it's, it, it's so much, I love the fact that you guys aren't just doing as great as he is and as wonderful as great wines are. It's not always a Peter Neptune dinner. It's not always no. kind of a one-off. I mean, doing something with bottle logic is huge. I mean, yeah. what uh, are some of the other types of uh, whether they're one-offs or kind of new I, yeah. I guess avenues of chef's tables that you want to pursue. Um,
1: are you saying, so you're saying for like the weekly, like nights?
0: styles, like it, like not just a wine dinner. It's not just a traditional pairing as good as those are, but like a bottle logic, maybe a distillery. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, like I, I'm
1: working on a distillery. I, I would like to do something with a local distillery. We're, we're kind of talking to, I mean, there's one in orange County. I don't know if I'm allowed to say their name yet. Cause I don't, we haven't finalized anything, but, um, uh, we're kind of trying to work with that. We're definitely doing a truffle dinner next, uh, in December. Um, I don't know. Like, it's, it's all fucking up in the air. So yeah. it's like, I want to start, we want to start doing Subway series, but I have to find chefs that I can agree with to do it, where it's like, I do one, we do one there, do one here. But it's all, this is, that's the fun part of it, is it's an experiment. Like, Bottle Logic worked for me, because I have some, I have a, not an in there, but I had their, one of their people came and ate at Chef's Table, and I said, hey, you work at Bottle Logic, why don't we do, and they said, you know, Okay. And it was just kind of, you know, then we grew it into something. We're it's doing a good right, relationship yeah. to have. We're doing yeah. like 40-something tonight for them, which is a re- re- reputable beer dinner. But it's like, it all comes from just like, okay, let's see what we can do. And that's yeah. like the current, that's like our current motto is like, okay, like, why not? Why aren't we? I mean, we've been talking with like Honey Pot too, but it's, it'll be fun. We have another one. I'm just thinking now, I'm sorry for just kind of spitballing. Uh, I'm doing it like an Amalfi Coast kind of spritzer mixer, and dinner in January, I think.
0: That sounds awesome. Yeah, Yeah,
1: it's. I mean, but it's not all. Doesn't all have to be. Staunch, I mean, nothing we do is really like stuffy. Is the best part. I would say that it doesn't have to be stuffy tasting yeah. menus, but it's like. Even, uh, I mean, you've talked to me now for 30 minutes, so you can probably tell I'm not a stuffy dude. So, like, <laughs> even Chef's Table, like, it's it's fun, man. It's like, more relaxed.
0: It's Well, not, it's fun. Like, yeah.
1: that, the, the idea is you want, like, we're doing these because even though it's a fuck ton of work and it's, like, a big, like, grind on myself and the team, we do it because it's fun for us. You that's know, awesome. and it's, it's, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the thing. And it's, like, even Chef's Table, like, Chef's Table, I added a lot of work to my life kind of coming up with it, but... It's fun, like you get to come and you hang out with me and it's it's more of a hangout sitting at my table than it is like a very formal service. And I yeah. I want to stay away from that as long as I can at Chef's Table, because I don't, I don't, I don't, one, I don't like it. Like even when I go out to eat at like three Michelin, like when we were in Europe, I we ate at a couple of three Michelin star spots. And it's just, I'd rather have a human connection to the people that are doing something for me and like have it feel like they're putting, like, cause you can feel it when they're putting their heart and soul into something rather than it being a little more mechanical.
0: Well, um, I mean, I, I kind of said it earlier in the episode yeah. that you guys have kind of breathed new life into Bellow and, and after talking for a yeah. while and, and kind of letting everybody else hear what you have to say, it's almost kind of like Bellow has breathed new life into you.
1: As yeah, well. true. And, and yeah, and it, well, it's for sure. And it, and it's given some, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the part of being in this industry is like, you have to work somewhere that's like, you're constantly being challenged and you have to work somewhere that uh you feel like you're able to grow and you're going in a direction. You know, I'm at a level where I'm not going to be. You know, there's no chef job above this one that I can go get. I mean, there. When I say that, I mean like title wise. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I can become blah 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 like regional blah blah a director of something, but you know, now then you start to start like defining your path and like kind of finding a professional direction and finding a direction that really works for you. You know, and that can like grow. And that's what Bella's kind of done for me is given me the avenue like. This is like, I've treated it like I'm kind of an owner. You know what I'm saying? I have the avenue to make change and we have the avenue to like show business growth. So it's been a, it's been a thing. That's I don't great. Know. I mean, some, I mean, whatever. We'll see down the line where that leads me to. Cause you know, maybe that'll be bellow by Zach part two or something down the line, but
0: Zello. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't speak a fucking word of Italian, so it'd be very, very presumptuous to try to throw that out there but
0: well man i i really appreciate the time um you know like i said obviously you guys got a big and, and a fun one tonight so i i want to let you get back to prep for that but if people wanted to reach out to you if they wanted to find you on social media or reach out kind of, kind of learn more i know you mentioned that the chef dinners are on talk but yeah kind of learn more about bellow and stuff like that where could people do that? yeah up?
1: we have a bellow chef's table is actually the name of the instagram handle for the chef's table instagram And then my personal one is Sharer Zach, so my name, S-C-H-E-R-E-R, Zach, which will be – those are the two best ways to kind of get in contact with me. And then from there, yeah, if you're interested in it, just either send me a message or whatever, or you can message us on our website, and it will somehow filter its way to me, maybe like two weeks later, but I'll I'll get my hands on (laughs) it. Well,
0: Zach, I appreciate the time, man. I hope the event uh, tonight goes off without a hitch, and I hope every event after that goes off well.
1: Cool, man. Well, thanks for talking. Appreciate Appreciate it, it, brother.
0: Of course. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Zach for taking the time to sit down. Um, Again, apologize for some of the background noise, but this is just the reality of recording a podcast in restaurants from time to time is this is a real podcast talking to real people. And guess what? There's real things going on in the background. That being said, I am incredibly grateful to Zach for the time. The Chef's Table is, like I said in the intro, absolutely something that needs to be on your radar as soon as you can grab a reservation, go do it. It's one that you will be so grateful that you checked out. Again, chef's tables can be a bit pricey. I understand that this time of year with holidays, you know, whatever you're celebrating, however you celebrate, it can be a pricey thing to do. But please, at least promise me right now, wherever you're listening to this episode, that you will put in the effort to at least consider it because it is not one that should be missed. Thank you, as always, to all the people that advertise on the show. Thank you to those of you that support on Patreon.com forward slash The Best Seats. This show is absolutely not possible without your support, whether you support at the $1 a month or all the way up at the norm status at $15 a month. You make this show possible, and you allow me to bring people like Zach to you each and every episode. Thank you to Ali Coyle for the music. Thank you to you. Even if you're listening on free feeds, you mean the world to me. Take care. Stay safe. Tip well. Stay off Yelp. I'll see you soon. Take care. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash The Best Seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, aka Norm Status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support here here. Are the names. Cheryl McCarthy, Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Pizza Guy 92, Paige Reardon, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Burrito No Rito, Sarah Hines, Jay Baker, Tim Swine. Thank you for your support.